Simon Sharples, welcome to your fest and the Your Fest planning committee. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's such a privilege to be asked on one of my favourite podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Who thought of the whoever thought of the concept of this podcast? Pretty smart cookie, I think. I bet they're rolling in the rolling in the money now. I bet they're, uh... <laughs> um, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast before, mate, uh, but. First of all, are you a fan of music festivals? Well, Tommy, I have listened to a couple of episodes, so I knew that question was coming. So As I research, thought, yeah. Yeah, I thoroughly prepared my answer, which is no. <laughs> I, I don't know, like I music no idea. I know it must have come as quite a shock to be, uh, to be so keen to come on this uh, podcast as a guest, but then... To say that I don't like festivals must must be quite the surprise. But um... well, the thing is, I quite like music festivals. Um, yeah. So it would be, um, I guess it maybe it would work if I had a co-host who didn't, so you could sort of talk to you. You could have a bit of rapport with them about about that sort of thing. I know. Well, something to look into perhaps uh, going forward. Let's <laughs> uh, get a co-host on. But no, Tommy, I don't like music festivals, and I'll tell you for why. Um, they, the toilet situation is bad and the shower situation is bad. Those are my two books. I, I suppose the food situation, although I imagine it's probably got better since I last went to a festival um, 17 years ago. Um, so, yeah, uh, the food situation, I think, is quite bad. I don't really like things that just get cooked on tiny gas stoves. Past, well, I don't mind pastas, pot noodles, uh, things you get from takeaway vans. Um when I was younger and went to festivals, I wasn't a vegetarian, so it didn't matter as much. But I imagine the vegetarian options and vegan options are much better now than they were. But yeah, food, showers, toilets are what inhibits my enjoyment of music festivals. Well, I was just thinking on um, one of our, well, one of my, uh, all right, let's stop this stupid facade. One of our former uh, guests, your fest alumni, Olga Koch, 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 Koch. I know they just said Koch there, but I don't think she mind that. Um, she has asked us, hasn't she, to go to a music festival. Will you be accepting that invitation? Uh, unfortunately, Tommy and Olga, I'm busy that day. Admittedly, <laughs> we haven't decided what day it is yet, uh, but I've got other plans, uh, which unfortunately uh clash with whichever day we decide it is going to be so it's just uh just an unfortunate thing really it's just the way the way the calendar's fallen you know what instance. funnily enough i was actually had olga in mind as a um potential just because she really enjoys the pod and she's stayed in touch with us since i was a, as a potential new co-host and then she's got fucking signed by bbc science hasn't she she's doing a some traitor traitor yeah exactly mate um gonna be gonna be awkward when we find out that i left the podcast because i've been signed oh no (laughs) (laughs) that's not true have they given you stacy dooley as your new co-host oh me and stace we're we're gonna go and uh make some horrific uh cultural errors which the bbc will then have to apologize for which is her resin detra um can i ask you something actually on a serious note um, not a serious note, but semi-serious. What was, I think we all know your favourite lineup was Polly, Polly James's uh, festival. 
can ask you, and you don't have to answer, but hopefully, as we are finally revealing your favourite lineup, not mine, because I am going to um, soldier on in some form of the podcast eventually. What was your favourite episode? Um, well, Tommy, I enjoyed all of them. Uh, oh, come on. You can say you what you ask, want now. You wouldn't ask someone to pick their favourite child. Admittedly, I have two cats and I have one favourite. Uh, uh, <laughs> you don't have 43 children, children hopefully. Uh, well, I'm not uh, Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite episode? Um, I enjoyed our episode with Nathan. Um, I thought when he was discussing uh, the history of the Durham Miners Gala and things like that, uh, was really fascinating to listen to. Really enjoyed our episode with Lloyd Griffith when he was talking about um, his history and like sort of singing in. Um, cathedrals and stuff like that I think everyone had different stories to tell that were all very interested in their own experiences life experiences outside music festivals outside music and it's always interesting to be able to sit down with these people that you um, look up to and you respect and you really like whether they're musicians whether they're comedians television radio presenters whatever and have the privilege of sitting down and listening to them for an hour an hour and a half two hours however long it took us to record that particular episode (laughs) Just always a real privilege. But yeah, I, I, just finding out things about people that you might not have otherwise known, like behind their, behind their, the, whoever they portray on stage or on behind their microphone or whatever. Um, yeah, it was just a, just a real privilege. That's my um, polite uh, politician. God, I thought you were going to cry then. You did a little swallow. Fuck you, know. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, but yeah, but, really uh, good. Uh, Lloyd, Lloyd Griffith, by the way, another BBC traitor, just appearing on a slightly bigger podcast than ours, Peter Crouch, is lately. Don't um, listen to Peter Crouch. No, weirdly enough, I was um, I was listening just before this because I was very stressed and I needed something um, very low common denominator to calm me down. <laughs> anyway, we should move on to... Oh, no, actually, there was going to be something else I was going to ask you quickly. What was your worst episode? <laughs> Um, this one (laughs) fair point okay yeah we'll move on I'll take that as a I'll take that as red Um, anyway um, I'm sure the ladies and gentlemen uh, the he she's and they's out there are very keen to find out what Johnny Sharples the instigator the creator of this wonderful podcast that we have loved doing over the past 43 episodes for our mums, dads and mates, essentially. Um, But it's time for Johnny to reveal his bloody festival lineup. And I should say, before we go into this, it's been a pleasure working with Johnny. Um, It's been a passion project for both of us over the past year. Really helped me, I don't know, I can't speak for Johnny, but really helped me get through lockdown, um, especially at the start. And I didn't have much work on. Now I'm the busiest podcast producer in the UK. Uh, but back then, you know, Johnny reached out to me and it was something I was obviously never going to say no to. I'll try and carry it on. Um, and, you know, it'll never be the same without Johnny. And it's been wonderful. And love you, mate. Oh, thank you very much. It feels like an episode of This Is Your Life. I feel like you should be pulling out a, a red book. Like Michael Aspel over there. <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's been, I was very thankful I had this idea, well, I had the idea for this particular podcast long before lockdown started and never got off my behind and found 
um, the impetus to uh, start it. And then we met and I thought you would be a good co-host for it. And so uh, I asked you and, and that's where we got started. And yeah, it's been a lot of, like I say, it's been a real privilege and pleasure to, to spend time with you, obviously, Tommy, but to be able to speak to all the, all the people that we've managed to speak to over the past year or so. So um, yeah, and now people have to uh, listen to me talk about music that I like. I just want to make you cry, that's all. That, that, that's all I was trying I'm to like say. I'm like Chandler, I can't yeah. cry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm all, my, my brother, who is at the door, I'm going to have to let him in, actually. Um, he always says I'm like, uh, I always do speeches at family things. He always says I'm the Ross, whereas he's the moniker. I'm, I'm the Ross who tries to make everyone cry and usually succeeds. I'll be back in two sacks. He, he just needs the car, bloody hell. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my God, are, are you crying? I just don't see why those two can't work things out. Your festival, Johnny. So, let me think how he does this. Um, first of all, we need um, a name and days of the week for your festival. Is that right? Do you not need a location for it now? We need a location. <laughs> Fuck's sake, I was practising everything before. Yes, we need a name and location. We'll start with that. So I texted you this morning um, to say that I'd had a last minute change of plan yes. on what my festival was going to be. So the change of plan was about the location of it. So Ooh. for ages, for as long, well, for quite a long time while I've been uh, imagining what my dream music festival would be like, I had my heart set, my heart, I had my idea set on a particular place. And then yesterday I changed it. So I'll, I'll talk you through some of the other options that I had beforehand. So the main other option that I had um, was, uh, which we talked about when we spoke to Stan Chow, was uh, the Albert Hall in Manchester, which is an amazing venue. Incredible. absolutely beautiful sounds brilliant looks brilliant they always get the lighting spot on accessibility like like i said in that podcast they can't do enough for you in terms of the staff there trying to get your drinks if you're in the accessibility section upstairs fantastic place but i decided against it um and the one place that i really thought i was going to have it is a place that i've never been in a country i've never been to before so i wanted to have it in the volcano room at a place called the cumberland caverns in tennessee Right. And I'll, I'll tell you how I found this. So I, I thought it was, sorry, can I just, I thought it was going to be fielding sulfur outside your house. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so, sorry. So, the, so I was looking on YouTube ages ago, uh, um, some live performances of an amazing band called Manchester Orchestra, who are brilliant. If you don't live in Manchester and have a spare ticket for them and put on Facebook that you've got a spare ticket to Manchester Orchestra and lots of people think you're going to see an orchestra, but they're not, they're an indie band from America. Yes. Anyway, that's by the by. They're I a really good a band. And, they, they have this performance on YouTube of them playing in this incredible room. And it's 600 metres below the surface, subterranean venue in a cavern, a volcano room, obviously hollowed out. And it's just got one uh, chandelier lighting up the whole of the venue. And it's just beautiful. And so I thought, right, I'm going to have my festival there. And then yesterday, when I was doing the washing up, one of the bands... That is, that is scheduled to play my festival came on Spotify and I was listening to one particular song of theirs and I was like this band and this festival 
can't take place indoors or in a cave. It has to be outside with the sun shining. I hate the sun. So what we're going to do is, in terms of weather, it's going to be sunny enough that you can wear shorts and t-shirt and be outside, but not so sunny that you get sunburned because I hate getting I'm uh, pale and uh, blondy ginger, so I get sunburned very easily. So it's going to be outdoors on a sunny day. So that then led me to two particular venues. The first one was the old Manchester race course, which is here in Salford, which is right. across the road, which is where I go running. And then I realized I don't want loads of reprobates near my house. Thank you very much. So I ruled that one out. So this festival is now taking place at Avonham Park in Preston. So there we go. But wow. I already decided when I was going to have it in the Cumberland Caverns, I already decided on the name of the festival, which is Sound of the Underground, because it's, you know, 600 metres underground. Please but, say girls are allowed to play him. No, <laughs> but, but it's going to keep the name. So it's still going to be called Sound of the Underground, but it's now oh. taking place in Preston. Uh, it's a bit like Euro 2020. That they're, uh, it's now taking place in 2021, but they're yeah. still calling it Euro 2020. So that's what it's going to be like. I also like the idea of people wandering around Preston and being like, why is it called Sound of the Underground? And someone being like, well, it was originally meant to, it was originally scheduled to take place in a cave in Tennessee, but for whatever reason, it's now in Preston. So okay. yeah, I quite I like, like the idea of those awkward conversations. There's some sort of uh, mystique and enigma around it. Yeah, and also like Avonham Park in Preston. I doubt I doubt you've been, Tommy. I doubt uh, many people should really have gone. But it's in it's hidden away in Preston, so Preston City Centre. And then you go down a side road and down a hill, and there's this uh, park there. And it used to have um, something called the Heineken Festival in the early mid '90s. Oasis played that when they were first starting out. Um, I think Pulp might have played it as well. Maybe Supergrass. Spice Girls, when they first formed, they played the Heineken Festival in Preston. Um, a lot of your so, first acts here. They, I think all of them have been selected multiple yeah, so times. Yeah, it's, so it's a really nice uh, park. It's got, a, it's got a huge embankment hill that people can sit on all the that. way down. And then it's got the flat surface. It used to have a huge stage, uh, but they knocked it down to build an arts centre. Um, so How's that going? I probably all right. I don't think I don't know how au fait people the people of Preston or the agro uh, um, are with the uh, the art center, but there used to be this huge thing there. And one of the one of the other reasons was that um, there used to be a free festival there when I was um, like 16, 17, where all the local bands would play on the the on the, the stage in this park, and then they would put on loads of minibuses afterwards, and then we'd go across to um, a nightclub called the Mill, and a few more bands would play at the Mill. And then you would have a club night afterwards. Um, so it brings back, and a lot of my music festival and the bands I've picked are very nostalgia based bands. So to have the nostalgia of being in Preston, this uh, will rebuild the old stage, will knock down the art centre, uh, flat pack the art centre, they can build it up afterwards. Uh, yeah, again if they yeah. Want. we don't um, want to spoil Ikea kids' style. hopes and dreams, do we? And, you know. uh, well, living in Preston is probably enough to do that. Didn't ruin my dreams of one day coming on your fest. Um, so uh, yeah, so we'll that. have it. At, we'll have it at Avonham Park in Preston, and it'll be a sunny day uh, for Sound of the Underground, my dream festival. The amount you've uh, slated, and I've had to edit out your um, your putrid bile towards your hometown of Preston. I'm so aghast that you've gone for Preston. 
Well, I hate. What made it. you change I... your mind? Like, I, I, you briefly explained you were going to have it on the old Manchester race course, and that you know around Salford. I, I was just convinced it would be Salford. So, what what was it when you were doing the washing up that made you? Switch? So I weighed up the weighed up the pros and cons of it being in Salford. The pro, uh, it's near my house. I can go to the toilet when I want. Come back home. I can I can have a shower here, and uh, I can cook here, which obviously the the three things that I don't like. The cons were there'd be too many people near my house, mm. and uh, I don't like people, so that uh, <laughs> outweighed outweighed all the positives. And like like I say, Preston, a lot of nostalgia. I still have a lot of friends that live in Preston. A lot of friends that have moved away from Preston have family still in Preston. So if they wanted to come to the festival, they can stay there. Preston, fantastic transport links. The second biggest, uh, the second biggest bus station in Western Europe. The first bit of M6. Uh, it's uh, sort of a crossroads for lots of the the trains. Uh, so one, it makes it easier for you to arrive, and two, makes it quicker for you to leave. That's totally fair enough. I want to talk toilets, Johnny. So what is that's a big factor as you've explained two or three times already what's the toilet situation i have a, I have a toilet what in preston yeah preston's one big toilet really when you think <laughs> about it <laughs> um oh my right. god are you so ever here's... gonna be able to go back to preston <laughs> i'm never gonna get i'm never gonna be made a freeman of preston be able to run my sheep run my sheep through the city center um so that right so so the, the toilet situation is um so I'll, you you also ask for days of the week so it's going to be one it's a one day festival and i can hold hold it in for a day probably really uh, well, you know, number uh, go for a wee. I don't mind going for a wee in a, a portaloo, but I don't want to be in there for a long amount of time for a number two. So basically, yeah, you don't want to go for a shit when you're there. And if yeah, it's a day, so I reckon, reckon if I can go 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 for one before I get there, when I'm still at home, only down the road, so Preston Salford, uh, go for one at home, and then I'll be fine for the rest of the day. I imagine. So I don't need to go and do any number twos there. And what uh, what day? of the week is it so one day one day festival so i can minimize the amount of time that i have to be in preston as well as the toilet situation um so it's going to be a saturday and i'm thinking easter saturday so you've got the uh, bank holiday beforehand and you've got the bank holiday on the monday as well so the saturday yeah. eh, eh, eh. so um yeah bank holiday so it's not bank holiday saturday that's not what people call it is it it's not even really easter saturday Oh, bank holiday weekend, yeah. Yeah, the Saturday Easter. I was also thinking when I was going to have it in America, and this is going to sound like a stupid question, do they have Easter in America? Yeah, but, you know, um, I think I know that because uh, South Park did a big... They they did an episode of it where the Easter bunny is actually, like, a part of the Catholic Church, but it's, like, a big secret or something. However, I don't know if it's as... I feel like their Easter, it like celebratory wise, in the pecking order, is probably superseded by Halloween. I think it's whereas here Easter is above Halloween, maybe. He likes American things. Tex Tex Stewart over here. <laughs> Short for Tommy. <laughs> well, uh, now I don't drink. Someone 
someone asked me, I was at a, a thing for my mate's birthday the other night, and they said, um, you've got a dream bar. This should be a fucking podcast, actually. It probably will be. It probably is. You dream, dream bar, you get three snacks and three drinks. Um, and I was like, shit, that really changes. Like, cause it would have been red wine, beer and whiskey. I was like, okay, Dr. Pepper, um, some non-alcoholic lager. And uh, wait, what did I say? Black coffee or Dr. Anyway, black coffee, Dr. Pepper, non-alcoholic lager. And the amount I've, since I've stopped drinking that I'm drinking Dr. Pepper is just like my liver and my life and my mental health way better but my teeth are going to be fucked <laughs> from the amount of which is, uh, I believe, the drink he's drinking on Alan Partridge, isn't it? Is he Benelin? What are you going to say? Mountain Dew when you said American stuff? No, no, no. But I did go to American candy shop recently in Liverpool. And... Uh... Now you're bankrupt, so... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. Sorry, anyway, back to your festival. Um, yeah. So we've got, we've got the location. I'm just checking my admin here because I haven't got you or um, potential new co-host here to do it. You should, um, you should get one. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> we've got your location. We've got the name and we've got the day of the week. I'm trying to think which other guests that we've had have just had it over a day. Uh, Max Rushton. Bumble. Crosby. Was Bumble a day? Uh, no, I think this was a couple of days. Yeah, just two days. Yeah, Matthew Crosby. Yeah, that was it. Um, I don't think any of our listeners, if you listened to the podcast before, and I'm assuming pretty much everyone listening today has listened to the podcast before, um, will be surprised about uh, the fact that it's just over one day. Yeah, and I've got uh, a lot of bands, not as many as Matt Rushton had. Um, <laughs> Good. So I'll have to probably have to go for me number two at home early doors probably six seven o'clock in the morning if i need to get preston in time for all these bands to play so uh okay there was something else oh yeah that's another because i just want to cover all bases seeing as this this is you know your your farewell to your fest uh what we're talking because now again like the toilets you're not close to home you're fairly close to home but you know you're not a stone throw away what we're talking um catering wise i remember who was it who really was it um was it Nathan Caton who spoke about um Jamaican food like a veggie thing that you would have liked I'm just trying to think what sort of if, if you're having a catering van you can only have one what would it be uh probably falafel some okay. sort of falafel thing going any uh, specific one you want to shout out uh, so the nicest, so some of the nicest falafel that I've ever had. I'm gonna uh, name some horrible. So Leon do like the Leon chain restaurants uh, do really nice falafel. Um, they're some of the nicest that I've had. I just eat any falafel to be honest. I just love chickpeas. Yeah, love hummus. Okay. Love yeah. chickpeas in curries. Yeah, just big fan of big fan of chickpea. Maybe just a chickpea van, not just just okay. making. Selling hummus, uh, falafel, or as my mother would call it, falafel. Uh, <laughs> big fan of the podcast. Shout out to Pam um, and her falafel. Yeah, uh, I was. I mean, I was going to say that for the end, but she, she was going to come up. Is, is she is is she coming to the festival? Uh, she's more than welcome to. She won't. She won't enjoy it. 
Uh, but she's <laughs> more than welcome to come just to spend time. She'll probably enjoy spending time with me. Oh, yeah. how does your mom and dad? I mean, we all sort of know your like, I was going to say vaguely, we quite specifically know your music taste. How did they, as um, I don't know, the lovely people they are, how did they take your music taste when you were becoming a moody teenager? And listening to all your fucking fucking Marshall music, mate. They weren't bothered. Uh, they listened, like I say, I mentioned on the podcast before. They listened to the Who and the Kinks and That's true, uh, actually, isn't it? T Rex and Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that when they were younger. Um, and my mum, sh- uh, she shaved her head when she was a teenager, like is completely, she? like as short as my hair is now, and I've just had it cut uh, down. She shaved her head, and my dad had really long hair. So when I decided I wanted uh, dreadlocks, um, they couldn't say no really because I knew what they'd done to their hair when they were younger so um, my mum my mum said because I paid to have the dreadlocks done professionally professionally as professionally as any outlet in Affleck's Palace in Manchester <laughs> um, <clears throat> I paid to have it done and my mum just said if you can get the money together to pay for it because I was 16 like had a like a Saturday job where, said, if you where were you working the Christian bookshop in Preston oh. um, she said if you can pay get enough money together to pay for it, then yeah, it's your funeral. Uh, you can, you, you go and do it. So I, that's what I did. So they didn't mind it. My room was full of posters of um, POD, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Chris Connor Soundgarden. Funeral for a speaking of funerals, just trying to get No, I, I was never a fan of funeral for a friend. Quite, quite um, shocked by that. Yeah, the Welsh, um, not keen on the Welsh. <laughs> that's not true feeder are good uh, oh, skindred are welsh uh, they, i loved skindred when i was younger uh, yeah but, um as long as tom jones also my mom was a big fan of tom jones when she was younger so um he's not playing my festival never get him on a second st- i don't think he'd really fit with the rest of the the bill <laughs> but I don't know. um so yeah no they didn't really mind as long as i didn't have music on too loud uh, and, and most of the time I was listening to music as a teenager was um, music that I downloaded on the family computer from LimeWire, um, along with about 500 different uh, viruses. Yeah, I would sit, with, sit on MSN with my headphones in, uh, listening to the music that I downloaded. So it didn't really impact on them when they were watching uh, We've all Watchdog been there. Listeners, listeners Watchdog, Heartbeat. <laughs> heartbeat on a, on a Sunday <laughs> night before me bath. Uh, so uh, yeah, <laughs> listeners of a certain age might not remember MSN actually, uh, but um... it was like t- it was like uh, TikTok, <laughs> and, and, and uh, it wasn't. And uh, I don't know what TikTok is to be honest. Uh, a bit like yeah. Vine. No, it was like what it was, I was going like. It was like WhatsApp, but it was only on your computer. <laughs> yeah, that, that is exactly it. Actually, that's pretty much how I would explain it best. I think you ah. actually nailed it there. 
but yeah, it was, it was... Sh- it sh- it'd show people what you were listening to as well. So if there was yeah. uh, someone that you wanted to impress, yeah, online, yeah, you had to be so. You careful. always had to make sure to <laughs> that you weren't listening to. Uh, Girls, the lights come on. Turn it off. <laughs> Miss, uh, yeah, my sister downloaded that, mate. So I don't know why it's coming. Just come on, shuffle. Just come on, shuffle. What was your MySpace song? I think mine was What a Waste of My Libertines for Ages. I probably oh, said this before on this podcast. It's probably, oh, it's probably, so when I was on MySpace, I was listening to a lot of, um, like, metalcore, like, hard, like new, new hardcore metalcore stuff. Um, so it's probably, like, Norma Jean, um, something by Norma Jean, something by He Is Legend. <laughs> So as soon as someone logged into my page, they would have been met by just a, someone screaming at the top of their voice. I was, the thing is, that was pretty innovative, like, of MySpace. The fact that you could... Uh, uh, I mean, that would be pretty cool now. Maybe a bit too... After the whole U2 putting their album uh, on, like, you know, by force, to, essentially, on, on your iPod. Um, maybe people don't want music involuntarily thrown in their face, but it'd be pretty cool if your Facebook page or your, your Twitter just have a song playing, I think. Oh, I just have um, just John Barnes rapping. <laughs> <laughs> or cut, you. Cut that. Just me doing me doing John Barnes's rap. Or just, yeah, which, like, if you... which in, in the... Um, I, I did as best I could with that on the Will Sargent episode where um, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny did do that. It was so... Badly, the timing was so bad that I couldn't even like edit it to sync up in any way, shape, or form. I was just trying to get it over and done with. I was like, you started. And I, I like that you committed see, to it. Could see Will's face, and I was like, I need to get this over and done with <laughs> as soon as possible. But I'm too, too, in too deep now. Yeah, like some 41. Maybe we're just trying too hard when really. Uh, good right we'll move on to your fest johnny um how does it start I, you know i was gonna ask the first day and all that but how, how are you structuring the day so i'm gonna t- i'm gonna talk a bit about bands that i thought about but then ultimately didn't pick um if that's if that's all right with you tommy is the person in charge of the podcast let me just ask my co-host is it oh yeah if it's okay yeah oh that's you so I imagine a lot of people, um, if they've listened to this podcast before, would assume that Pearl Jam would play, um, uh, the Replacements would play, and Kiss would play, but Fuck they're not. Them. None so, of them. So Pearl Jam and Kiss were obviously picked by uh, Polly. So that sort of ex- excused me from not picking them. Um, and then uh, the Replacements were picked by Nathan from Martha. So again. If I want to go and see the replacements, I'll go to Nathan's festival. If I want to go and see Kiss and Pearl Jam, I'll go to Polly's festival. Um, REM as well was someone that I thought about. Mark Watson um, picked them, yeah. so they were covered. Um, 
other bands that haven't been picked really that I thought about Nirvana uh, as Nirvana as a full band. Obviously, they were uh, picked. Um, no, no, he didn't have it. No, so uh, Matchin picked them as an acoustic thing for his acoustic stage, but they've never been picked as a proper band. Um, the Cure um, have never been picked. Um, and wow. I thought, really thought about them. Foo Fighters, not the coolest band in the world, but as someone that I would have uh, never seen and ultimately would love to see because I think their singles, an incredible pop band, pop rock band. Incredible um, live band. I, I think I saw them at V Festival like 2007 or eight. And, I, you know, I, actually their the first, I sound like this is the wankiest thing to say, but their first couple of two or three albums, are, are, you know, bangers, to be honest. Yeah, the Colour and the Shape is an incredible, from start to finish, just an incredible yeah. album. Um, and then uh, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains as well. Both of those two never really been picked. Chris Cornell, um, I think I've talked about on here before, his voice, um, incredible. So is Lane Staley, uh, Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, two bands that I really thought about. But in the end, um, I went for, so like I say, there's a lot of bands to get through. So we'll move, go on to my actual festival and opening it up. And I really wanted to put them further into the lineup. Um, but to open the whole festival, because I, yeah, like I said, wanted them perhaps a bit further in the lineup, but also I would absolutely love them to open my dream festival. And we've had one of the members on this uh, podcast before. So opening the whole festival is uh, Nathan and Martha. Yes, I'm here. Early doors, but um, like I said, the whole festival is Josh Berry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just going on doing something, doing these Louis Theroux, uh, to open the whole festival. Yeah. Shout out to Josh uh, Berry, who actually said he, he said it was the the the, the, uh, the nicest, like the best podcast he's ever been on, which was very nice. So there was, and actually, shout out whilst whilst I'm saying that to everyone who who reached out and said they were gutted. Sorry, especially former guests. And matching, I know you'll be listening. Um, okay, so your opening the festival is Martha, not Josh Berry. No, so um, yeah, like I said, I, w- I would lo- love to them, to, love for them to play further on in the festival, but I can't think of anyone that I'd also like to open the festival more than Martha. They're just such a, even when they're talking about serious issues, which they do in quite a lot of their songs. The songs are still just so jangly and poppy and nice. I think to get the spirit of the festival up from the start would just be so good. And Nathan is one of the nicest people I've ever had the good fortune to meet. 
uh, along with yourself, obviously, Tommy, um, and very few others. But um, just just to have Mar- <laughs> have Martha there. I've seen them only seen them once when they played Gorilla in Manchester. Obviously, then um, the world went to pot. Uh, but yeah, they're just such a lovely, joyous band. I think they're one of the, there's, uh, there's probably two or three bands in this that I'm going to say the same thing about, but they're a band that I sort of discovered at the, the right point in terms of lyrically. They were sort of speaking to me about certain things that I'd encountered and were, was learning about and um, going through. And so, yeah, just to have them there. The right point in your life or the right point in their career? So at the right point in my life, in terms of what I've been through, what I was going through and what they were singing about and what they were writing songs about, what their lyrics were about, it was just sort of the perfect match. I don't know how, I, I sort of can't remember really how I first discovered them. I think that I was listening to some random radio station, uh, like internet radio station, one of their songs came on and then I went and found them on Spotify and then listened to them a bit more and listened to a bit more. And then another album came out and listened to that more. And then uh, Love Keeps Kicking um, came out um, a couple of years ago and that's an incredible album. Um, and so, yeah, I first discovered them. And like, I, like you would have heard on our episode with Nathan, if you've listened before, speaking to him about music and the bands he likes and the bands that I like and the bands that you like as well, Tommy, obviously very similar to one another. And so it's great to um, great to have been able to speak to him. I speak to him still. I was speaking to him about Crass the other night, um, which he then put on put on Twitter that we were talking about Crass. Um, which is, uh, yeah, I saw to, that. That was cool. Chat to him about, about Crass and stuff and music like that is is great. So Martha, Martha opening the whole festival up, probably with um, ice cream and sunscreen. Um, is their opening song because it's a lovely if it's a lovely nice day like I envisage that would be obviously a good start for it as well joy to sit across that one and um, hear like the it was just kind of when he was naming or mentioning a band it was it was just like a, a game of, between like the two of you and he was like and 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 it completely infused me to the point where I got massively into uh, the replacements and um, God who else was mentioned on that podcast who I've got into um, a, and I think, um, oh shit, what's the name of the song? Um, Androgynous by, who sings Androgynous? The Replacements. Oh yeah, shit, it is, yeah. What am I on about? Um, anyway, I've seen that covered. Um, Francis Long, who's a mate of mine, he's, uh, and I'm going to say it, Six Music Band. Um, he's been massively positive music at the moment. Hopeful, your best future guest. I won't put too much away on that. Um, but the contracts are, uh, uh, the, the wheels are turning on that one. Bit the cover of it recently, and also brilliantly covered by Miley Cyrus. A mirror image, see no damage, see no Stop.
girl They both are the same They're overjoyed in this world Same hair, revolution, unisex Evolution, tomorrow who's gonna The amount I took out of that episode, actually, um, from a you know selfish perspective, was massive. Like in terms of music that I'll probably listen to for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, that, their, their musical influences are incredible. We'll, we'll probably there's more bands coming up that are, were an influence over Martha and that I've spoken to spoken to Nathan about as well. He's actually um, had a special viewing of the full lineup because I. You know, if he's playing the festival, he needs to know who else is playing as well. So, um, but following on from following That's on true. from Martha, yeah, following on from Martha um, is a band called Free Free Throw, um, who are an American punk uh, sort of emo band. Um, so they'll do a they'll do a quick set, and then following on from them, if you follow, if you're one of the privileged few like Tommy is, um, and you are legally allowed to follow me on uh, Instagram, you'll see that I have an obsession with a band called Spanish Love Songs. They will be coming on, yeah. um, following on from Free Throw. And like Martha, they were another band that I found at the the right time, um, which was probably right at the beginning of the pandemic. Not surprised then. whatsoever that, that you <laughs> pick them. But I found them right at the beginning of the pandemic, probably. They, they supported um, the Menzingers um, at Albert Hall, which we've already talked about. Um, and they just released their album, uh, Brave Faces, Everyone, which is an incredible album. I went back and listened to their previous album, which is called Schmaltz. Again, incredible album. I saw them on Twitter being described as um, Bo- if Bojack Horseman was a band, um, because they sing about like <laughs> they sing about like the financial crash, and they sing about sleeping on your friend's sofa, and they sing about like addiction and things like that, but in like a nuancedy sort of not an angsty way, but in a nuanced sort of reflective way, which I really like. So they're and it absolutely incredible. One of my favorite bands that I've probably discovered in recent years, along with Martha. Um, so they would come on next. And like, yeah, I'm sure Tommy, you're bored to the back teeth of seeing them pop up on my Instagram stories. No, 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 not not at all. It sounds like I was just thinking the subject matters and Bojack Horseman as a uh, <laughs> as a band. It sounds like my fucking sober diary, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> They are. They are. Which such, my they are... amazing girlfriend bought me at the start of uh, me me going sober. Um, but also, I should say actually that I mean I'm what three three months into that. Johnny was a big influence on that. Not that he knew it, but just you know, seeing that people could still be sound and funny <laughs> without drinking. And my mom, of course, who I know will be listening. I love you all. Carry on. Yeah, like like you say, Spanish loves. Uh, they're just the perfect sort of antidote to to what we've been through in the last yeah and they are just such a such a good band i think i don't know if they'll go on to be onto bigger things but i think they're just such a a nice band absolutely addicted 
uh, ironically, uh, to them, uh, just everything. I, I, got, I think I got to the point with them where I had to stop listening to them because I realised if I carry on listening to them at the rate and of knots that I was, that I'll get sick of them. So I think I'm just sort of reintroducing myself to them again. So I'm I'm not bored of them, which I think is a it's it's hard because when you listen to an album that's you, you really love that risk of overplaying it is always possibly in the back of your mind. You don't want to get sick of the songs, especially when they already mean a lot to you. Like um, some of those Spanish love songs, songs do. Yeah. They talk about, um, there's, they've got a song um, called Generational Loss. And I remember the first time I listened to that, I was in the shower. Um, after I've been to, after I've been seeing them support the men singers, I, I gave them this, I was in the shower and um so generation loss is all about suicide. And I was in the shower and I just had to stop. Like the, my mind got in the sync of what they were singing about and the lyrics. I had to stop in the shower and just like listen to it. I think I listened to it about four or five times on repeat, just the first time that I appreciated what that song was really about. And um, I tweeted them um, to say that they're the perfect band to listen to while you're lying on the floor of your bathroom, which um, is a compliment as much as it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> Very Bojack Horseman. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, it's one of the, they're, they're a band where you listen to the lyrics and you listen to the way that Dylan, the vocalist, sings in his voice and the sort of, the way that his voice moves, if that makes sense, uh, makes you stop in your tracks and listen to them. And like, but the best the best way to listen to them is by lying on the floor of your bathroom. So it's a compliment. Um, I, I, I reassure uh, the band and everyone listening. That, it, that that is a good thing that is a band that you listen to on the floor of your bathroom but what time of the day are we are after these first three opening nights uh depends it depends how early it has to start there's, there's there's plenty of bands to come well the problem i have as well is that i would want them to have quite big long sets um whereas those early bands probably should only be playing like five or six songs so i'd probably say we're about we're not even at midday yet and we're going long. We're going. We're going as long as it takes. About eleven a.m. Yeah, probably about half eleven. Um, so yeah, and then so following on from Spanish love songs, uh, it's a band that are, are, are on um, hiatus at the moment. Um, I don't think they'll ever really probably probably never get back together. Um, it's a band called Modern Baseball. that I'm going to pick are um, sort of a pop punky emo band but they sort of reached their critical zenith um, in 2016 when they released uh, an album called Holy Ghost um, and then they went to tour that album and then one of the two front men uh, got really chronic bad uh, anxiety and depression and um, didn't feel like he could tour 
the album, couldn't tour anymore. And they just called it a day, decided that they weren't, if he wasn't up for it, then they weren't up for it and they wouldn't carry on without him, which I think is a really noble and mature thing for them to have done when they were, this was their big cultural breakthrough album. And they just said, right, that's it. If he's not doing it, we're not doing it in a, in a nice way. And then stop. You are you trying to insinuate that after the, our big cultural breakthrough of the Paul McCaffrey episode that I should retire? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, isn't a slant at Paul, by the way. That was a <laughs> No, I just think that they're, they're such... I got to see, I saw them at Sound Control just before they um, split up. I think it was 20, early 2015 that I went to see them. Sound Control is a venue in Manchester. Um, they were on a co-headlining tour with, uh, I think it was Into It, Over It, who I'm not a massive fan of. Um, luckily, when I saw them, um, it was Into It, Over It's turn to headline, uh, which meant that um, I could leave after Modern Baseball had finished. Um, and I think I also was felt like that I sat, stood at the back of the room because with all the parents, because I think everyone else there was about eight. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else there was about half my age, um, all wearing backpacks. Uh, which was annoying because I hate it when people wear backpacks uh, at gigs. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just such a nice... On the tram. Yeah, anywhere. People, backpacks are banned at Sound of the Underground. Um, so uh, just just such a, uh, a great band. It, it would be a joy if they got back together. Uh, but like I said, I don't think they, they ever would, um, which is a shame. I, like, I think they, they split up for the right reason called it a day for the uh, completely the right reasons and they didn't try and force it or didn't try and carry on um but yeah a beautiful band it's so rare that you see that um it's so rare that you see that in in um in bands like i was watching supersonic but the other day the oasis film and bonehead was saying who seems like a really nice and noble guy and like um he was saying we should have just called it a day after after Nebworth. Like we'd done the, those two perfect albums, uh, definitely maybe, and what's the story? And that's when we should have called it a day. And to be honest, actually, Noel said pretty much the same thing. Like we shouldn't have gone because let's face it, Oasis in the two thousands. There's there's some good singles, but there's not many great albums there. I think a lot of bands, on, you know, on the other side of it, Rolling Stones, fair fair fucks to them. Like they love playing live, so why shouldn't you carry on? But it's a very fine line of when bands should call it a day, I think. So, I um, I once went to see uh, a musician called Franz Nikolai, who is um, the he's he's in um, the Hold Steady. He's a multi like he plays the accordion, he plays the banjo, he plays all sorts for the Hold Steady. I once went to see him on um, a solo performance, and he he said bands often split up because of geographical, financial, and personal reasons, and that's also all the reasons why they get back together. So um, I always thought that was quite a nice little <laughs> Yeah, another good example, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. Um, I saw them, as I've probably mentioned loads on this podcast, when they got back together. And that was after like a bloody 10, 15 year hiatus. Although it, it was only one comeback tour, but you can only assume they needed the money to, you know, get back together for that one tour because they are like one of those bands that everyone wants to to see back together but then when they get you know do like the stone roses they 
they got got back together and at first we thought it was like those heat and park gigs and a few festivals and they kept going for two or three years and it just got sadder and sadder so it's like the, when i saw the replacements and they got back together after like 25 years i think it was and they they like paul westerberg didn't hide the fact that they basically just did it for the money and they like i think everyone that went to see them accepted you know this is the only chance to see them and they're doing it for the money that's fine if it means i get to see you know here comes a regular live or unsatisfied live and i'm willing to accept that they're just they're just you know doing it for the cash grab yeah.